athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked in to the Dopey Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Obviously, we have a whole lot to unpack on today's program. And uh, listen, we knew if, if we've seen this. So we knew that George Floyd wasn't going to be the last unarmed black man to be shot by the police. It's why we had all of the protests early on that lasted for quite some time. We sort of seen in some respects uh, it uh, subsided. We still don't have in custody the officers that killed Breonna Taylor. They are still not in custody. And obviously George Floyd was the killing. An unarmed black man with a knee to his neck was the one that really broke the camel's back. But then you take things to Kenosha, Wisconsin, where Jacob Blake was unarmed, was shot in the back seven times by the police as he walked towards his car. I don't know if you've seen this video, but it's it's extremely disturbing. It's I mean, I you know, you we I just get sick and tired of having these kinds of conversations we had, you know, we, we continue to have and And unfortunately, we're going to continue to have these kinds of conversations, which why it was to me, I definitely applauded the NBA and more specifically the Milwaukee Bucks for deciding not to take the court against Orlando on Wednesday. Big time move by the Bucks and the NBA said, hey, we're going to cancel games as well. So the NBA, which has been at the forefront of this, uh, has always taken a stand. And this was the thing. This is the thing about the NBA. One of the things I'm going to do on Tuesday after the Clippers and Mavericks game, Clippers head coach Doc Rivers talked. Uh, in, I mean, I'm going to replay. We don't replay a lot of sound on this program but this is a must replay. You got to hear exactly what Doc Rivers had to say for about three minutes in a post-game press conference as it related to Jacob Blake and not just to Jacob Blake speaking as a father, as a black man, as the father of a of black children. You know, it, it, I mean, you know, we are pray and we continue to be pray. And what he had to say was spot on. Uh, we're going to replay part of that interview. But getting back to the Bucks, I mean, ultimately taking a stand, it happened in their uh, home state and really not uh, uh, Kenosha, not far from Milwaukee. So the Bucks took a stand. I think there were a lot of players that expressed concern 
when this whole bubble idea came about more specifically, not necessarily with the COVID situation because we've seen the bubble be extremely effective for the NBA, but a lot of the concern from, or some of the concern from some of the players was that playing a game would take away from the social justice message. And you know, I thought that you could play and uh, it would illuminate, if you will, the social justice message, especially when you have the social justice messages on the back of the jerseys where you have it all on the court, Black, Live, uh, Black Lives Matter, et cetera, et cetera. But as those games begin to or, or sort of go on, you know, for me, I mean, I, 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 I like to sort of look and see what each player has on the back of their respective jersey. For some, it may have just – you almost get used to it, right? You see the, the Black Lives Matter on the court, you sort of get used to that. So it's not as much to the forefront. So I want to really get into that. Talking about the NBA on the program, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, if you uh, also, and it's interesting that it also happened this week and prior to uh, what we saw the NBA do, but Roger Goodell in essence said that the NFL should have listened to Colin Kaepernick. I mean, you're saying that now. Uh, I think it's very unfortunate um, that because if you remember, I mean, the NFL was pretty much set in its ways in terms of it was defiant. And again, listen to what I'm saying. I've said this for uh, about a couple of months now in terms of the National Football League and and its arrogance. And it can and, and again, the arrogance was never more on display than the Colin Kaepernick situation, okay? And now you want to come back. And I think, you know, I think part of what it was was, again, Goodell is beholden to the owners. As you see the social justice movement continue to uh, to to move forward, uh, the National Football League, I think, wants to be on the right side of history. But I think, you know, again, to me, Goodell is beholden to the owners, the ownership group probably didn't want to get involved in Colin Kaepernick, didn't want to get involved with all of that, with the president and what he had to say with respect to the kneeling. So in essence, Goodell's uh, was sort of handcuffed. But I believe now, you know, we've seen this in the last couple of months from Goodell. He's said various things more recently here this week that the NFL should have listened to Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. So we're going to talk more about that today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Takuma Sato wins the Indianapolis 500. It's the second time in the last four races that he has won the Indianapolis 500. He already had been the first Japanese racer to win the Indianapolis 500. He has now done it twice and so Takuma Sato going to join us a little bit later on here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Right now, I want to say that our thoughts and prayers are with those affected by Hurricane Laura. As a matter of fact, uh, some of our affiliates right in the path, a few of our affiliates, I should say, right in the path of the hurricane, uh, more specifically those affected in the Monroe and Ruston areas of Louisiana. Our thoughts and prayers are with you right now and with all of those affected by Hurricane Laura uh, right now here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I want to get into 
what Doc Rivers had to say. And again, we we've seen the Milwaukee Bucks uh, walk out. We're going to talk more about uh, the NBA where it is, and uh, the, really what happened to Jacob Blake uh, resonated across the sports landscape. But here was Doc Rivers on Tuesday in an emotional post-game press conference plea. What stands out to me is um, just just watching the Republican convention, uh, convention and this they're spewing this fear, right? Like, all you hear is Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung, we've been shot, and all you do is keep hearing about fear. It's, it's amazing why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. And it's just, it's really so sad. Like I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. You know, it's just really sad. We gotta do better, Uh, but we gotta demand better. Like we got, you know, it's, it's funny, we protest and they send riot guards, right? Uh, they send people in riot outfits. They go up to Michigan with guns and they're spitting on cops and nothing happens. The training has to change in the police force. The unions have to be taken down in the police force. My dad was a cop. I believe in good cops. We're not trying to defund the police and take all their money away. We're trying to get them to protect us, just like they protect everybody else. Uh, I didn't want to talk about it before the game because it's so hard. Like, just keep watching it. That video, if, if you watch that video, you don't need to be black to be outraged. You, don't, you need to be American and outraged. And how dare the Republicans talk about fear? We're the ones that need to be scared. We're the ones having to talk every, to every black child. What white father has to give his son a talk about being careful if you get pulled over? It's, it's just ridiculous. And, and it just keeps getting, it keeps going. Uh, there's no charges. Breonna Taylor, no charges, nothing. All we're asking is you live up to the Constitution. That's all we're asking for everybody, for everyone. So extremely, extremely powerful statements by Clippers head coach Doc Rivers at the post-game press conference on Tuesday. We are where we are now with the NBA. We're going to talk a lot more about that today here on the program. Again, still to come, we're going to be joined by Indianapolis 500 winner 
Takumo Sato here on the program. More of Box to Row on the other side. Hey, what happened to all the Marjorie's beef jerky? Hey, what's up, bro? It was you, wasn't it? What was? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You ate all the Marjorie's beef jerky, didn't you? Yeah, so what? That was mine! Dad just bought that for me yesterday. Don't worry, I'll just go online and buy some more. No big deal. Wait, you can just go online and buy more? Well, in that case, I'm going to buy the original, orange teriyaki, and sweet and spicy. But I do expect you to pay me back for all that beef jerky you ate. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports, BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we're going to be joined by the Indianapolis 500 winner, Takumo Sato, here on the program. Has won the Indianapolis 500 twice in the last four races and it was the 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 race finished under caution finished under caution so we're going to talk with Takuma Sato about that and uh, winning another Indianapolis 500 the and and again when you look at the Indianapolis 500 this year didn't get as much press generally it is on Labor Day weekend, it's the Sunday of Labor Day week because of COVID-19. It didn't happen that way. And so even leading up to the Indianapolis 500, not a lot of fanfare, not a lot of fine fanfare with respect to the Indianapolis 500. But still, I mean, when you 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 think about the history of it, the greatest spectacle in racing, one of the greatest spectacles in sports. And, and I think 
a lot of that has to do with the crowd, right? Like 100,000 people can be in the Indianapolis Speedway at one time. Obviously, that was not the case this time around with COVID-19. Still doesn't diminish from winning the Indianapolis 500. It is exactly what Takumo Sato did. And so we're going to talk with him a little bit later on in the program. So let, let's get back. I, it's a number of different things. I want to go a number of different pl- uh, places with the conversation, and I want you to join me on the conversation via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one and also on my personal Instagram account, at where Donald, I got to say thank you to all of the great uh, affiliates around the country that carry the program. And we, we got to give a special shout out because, you know, Hurricane Laura uh, did a lot of damage and uh, in Louisiana, uh, in Texas. So our, our thoughts and prayers are with those affected by uh, Hurricane Laura. Uh, you know, we have a, a couple of radio stations uh, in Alexandria. We have a radio station in Alexandria, Louisiana, KTTP. Uh, also, we have a radio station in the Ruston and Monroe, Louisiana area. Uh, a couple of stations, as a matter of fact, uh, Sports Talk uh, 97.7 FM and then also KGRM. Uh, as a matter of fact, KGRM has been carrying the program for so many, uh, wow, I mean, maybe 12 years or so. So our thoughts and prayers are with all of those affected by Hurricane Laura, specifically in those areas. Of course, we always want to thank those that listen to us on Sirius XM channels 141 and 142 and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. A couple of different things I want to get into. So uh, the, the NBA, the players ultimately deciding to resume play. Uh, and that announcement was made on Thursday. The players had a meeting on Thursday and a lot was discussed from my understanding in the meeting a lot was discussed the potential fallback uh, for not only this season but also next season the owners could lock the players out they could request a new collective bargaining agreement a lot of those things I'm sure factored into this but I think at the end of the day the players took a stand and I think what they did will spark change because I think at the end of the day can the players themselves, I mean, the players themselves indirectly have the power to make change because what they can do and as they did, I mean, they, I, they were very serious about this. I think, you know, I think this, this is the deal. Like you have a lot of different dynamics here. You have a lot of players that, you know, I'm sure most of the players were for this and the Bucks let it off. It was in their home state in the area. Uh, it's what 40 miles from Milwaukee, but I mean, you you know, what about that player? I mean, you have the players like LeBron James and the players like Kawhi Leonard and all of those players that have uh, had a lot of uh, success, a lot of financial success. And I realize for a lot of those guys, and really most of those guys, this isn't about the money. We always say everything's about the money, right? But like this really wasn't or isn't about the money. This is about those players being sick and tired of what we're seeing happen to young black men being shot by 
the police having their uh, a, a knee uh, in their neck by the police, chokeholds by the police. This has happened. I mean, look, we're talking about what the last, I mean, our conversations have been the last couple of years. I mean, this has been happening for 200 years in excess of, right? So this isn't anything new. But then you have some players that, I mean, they want to be part of this, but what about that rookie, right? That really, you know, maybe just, you know, his parents, maybe just bought his parents a home, right? And and, and knowing that he was going to be able to get uh, money and, you know, make his money. Not, and I'm even talking about first round picks. Like first round picks have a guaranteed contract. I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about maybe that free agent that's a rookie that made the team that, you know, may have uh, not gotten a whole lot of money that needs to play right to to be so I think you have a lot of different dynamics here I I don't I think overall this isn't about the money this is purely about change and I really applaud the Milwaukee Bucks I applaud the NBA players for taking a stand so they also met with the owners I think the owners are the ones so the players have power but not necessarily the pipeline to those that are in charge. I mean, at the end of the day, those that have the authority and the power to make change don't care about the NBA protest. The ones that care about the NBA protest and the players and others, etc., don't necessarily have the power to make change directly. So you have the players that have the power indirectly can go to the owners who can then go to government officials, the president, et cetera, et cetera. I know the president has, he, he, you know, unfortunately really just doesn't get it. Like I'm not even gonna, like it, it's a waste of, you, you, you rarely hear me talk about the president on this show. It's like a waste of time. I mean, I got one hour to get the point across to you guys to, be able to allow for you to be able to be a participant in the conversation and then also to be informed when we have guests, et cetera. I don't have time to, to do that. I mean, we could, you know, it'd be, it's just a waste of time. But, I mean, hopefully it's some of those owners that can get to, because all politics, I mean, politics are local to start with. Politics are local to start with. So you talk with these owners, they have the relationships with, you know, governors, with uh, with with uh, with uh, uh, representatives locally, et cetera, right? Where they can have these conversations and have some kind of police reform, you know, um, where things can really change and they have to change. So I really applaud the players for this. Um, you know, listen, we're going to play basketball. Okay, again, but this type of situation did not fall on deaf ears. I don't think there's any question about it. By the way, uh, our colleague Lute Williams of the Black College Sports page brought up a great point that this is, you know, I have, you know, I'm only 46 years old. Like I haven't been living that long, but back in 1965 at the AFL All-Star game, football, AFL All-Star game, the players, specifically black players, 
went on strike. The game was in New Orleans, and segregation at that time, even though you had the Civil Rights Act that had already been passed, uh, it, it was just a lot of segregation. The black players didn't feel welcome to the point that they boycotted the game, and some of the white players ultimately followed suit as well to the point that the game was moved to Houston. So this is not the first time we've seen something like this. Now, that was an all-star game, a little bit different. It's a different time, but it's still the same conversation some 55 years later. I think that is absolutely unfortunate that we're still having the same conversations. Now, you know, police brutality may not have been at the heart of what the protest in 1965 was by the AFL players. It was more about those players being uh, discriminated against at that particular time. But that's just, I mean, that, uh, but, it, but listen, it was under, it, it, it was all of those things. I'm sure that was happening at that time. So not only did you have the discrimination in new Orleans, but you had discrimination everywhere. They went for so many years. Like we're living in the 2020s and while it may not be like 1965 when it comes to police brutality when it comes to black men and women being killed by the police uh when you have you know the vigilantism that you also had um in Kenosha as well I mean look you know we're sick and tired of this. Like as a black man, like I'm sick and tired of having this conversation. You know, we had it with George Floyd, but, I, but you know what? This, and, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. Like this isn't a conversation we've had in a couple of weeks. Not that it hasn't been on my mind. It's just that sometimes when it's never, you, you get comfortable. Like the George Floyd situation happened at the end of May. It, protests lasted for in excess of a month maybe 45 days and you know maybe within the last 45 days or so not so much but then you have a Jacob Blake what happened to Mr. Blake and it so it puts it back in the forefront but the thing about it and the thing that we're going to do on this show from here on out is we're going to keep it at the forefront we're not going to make it necessarily make it a focus each and every week but it's something we we have to talk about we have to keep in the forefront and by the way also you remember the slogan a couple of years maybe going back to 2004 during the presidential election vote or die like that's the slogan that needs to come back now this election is the most important election. Please, if you are have not registered to vote, please register to vote. And then when November 3rd comes around, please go vote. Don't count on the USPS. I realize COVID is in effect. Protect yourself if you can. Go to the polls and vote. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more of Box to Row on the other side.
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most about your days at Howard? Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble, you know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience. And I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've come in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression. And that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen. And people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult. And I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Akila memory out their head, but realizing Akila is also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the weed hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from David to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. At the voice, of course, of T.I. It's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you gotta stay down with the home team, you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN College Sports Analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was uh, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt to have done for an entire season. There's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Justine, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm just trying my best to find the open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun, like, to be honest. Me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women like feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like 
beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across. Hopefully, it was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, uh, after I cheered in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout. So, and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State? University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. This segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is brought to you by Marjorie's Beef Jerky. The Marjorie's Special Six going on right now. Pick any six flavors of Marjorie's Beef Jerky and save $12.00. Log on to Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com right now. Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. And again, the special. Pick any six flavors of Marjorie's Beef Jerky and save $12. Remember, Marjorie's Beef Jerky is a supporter of From the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You want to join us on the conversation Hit us up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W still to come here on the program. Indianapolis 500 winner Takumo Sato going to join us on the program again. The NBA players are going to play, but made their voices heard, made their stance known and, you know, you know, one of the interesting things that um, that I found extremely interesting was that Jared Kushner, who's a White House advisor, son-in-law of the president, wants to have a conversation with LeBron James. So let me let's be clear. There was never at any opportunity that the president has to dismiss or diss, in fact, the NBA, he takes that opportunity. He took another opportunity 
this week to, in fact, do it to in really more specifically speaking about the NBA's ratings. Okay, but now the White House, because, I mean, Kushner is part of the White House, wants to reach out to the face of the NBA in terms of the players in LeBron James. I find that I mean, I mean, I guess really, should we be surprised by it? Like I find it extremely ironic to say the least. I don't, obviously we're not surprised by it, but I mean, you know, LeBron obviously, I mean, he can't take, you know, he, he has to let them, I can't, we, we can't, you know, I mean, you, what, what's the purpose of, what would the purpose of the conversation be? To talk about what you, you the the RNC never mentioned Jacob Blake in any of its conversations. Okay, so that's extremely that's extremely disrespectful. As a matter of fact, as 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 an organization, a political organization, and then one which uh, their candidate is running for re-election of the presidency. So I mean. You know, I mean, to me, that's just not a conversation that you can have. That's political. That's that's let me reach out. Let's say, well, well, well yeah, we had a conversation with LeBron. But no, nah, can't even we, we, you know, you can't even entertain that because that's just a situation. You know, that's a no win situation uh, for LeBron James and th- that party. They are just trying to get votes. OK, that's all that they're trying to do. So, I mean, I, I find that extremely ironic, but. You know, I had a chance on Friday morning. I had a chance to be, I happened to be watching CNN and um, and uh, Jacob Blake's father spoke so eloquently. Um, he talked about his son. He talked about how his son was doing, the communication that he and his son had. And, I mean, you know, he talked about a number of different things. And, you know, I mean, to the point, by the way, you have a 17-year-old white kid that that went out and shot three protesters, killing two of them. And if you've seen this video, I mean, at one point, as the National Guard or the police were riding by, he had his hands up um, almost as if to surrender after this had already happened. And... The police rolled right in the National Guard, rolled right past him to the point that he went back to his hometown in across the border, by the way, before ultimately being arrested. As uh, Jacob Blake's father said, there are two and and Ben Crump, who is the attorney, well-known Ben Crump, uh, definitely Florida. I think he's a Florida A&M grad, certainly has Florida A&M ties, said. There's two different justice systems in America, one for white folk and one for black folk. And we're seeing that, you know, we've seen that so many times. Look at the massacre that happened in Charleston, South Carolina, going back some five years ago now. Same type of situation. That guy goes in, kills nine members of a church and is when he's apprehended, I think it was something about, did he want something to eat? He, you know, like it is, it is absolutely ridiculous. It is a shame that, you know, I talked about the 19 in 1965 with the AF, with the black players protesting against playing in the AFL all-star game because of their treatment 
in New Orleans. Um, this situation and where we are now is is you know totally different with respect to the NBA players protesting because they're protesting the AFL. I mean, and, and, and to, like I said, to some degree, the the players were protesting racism as a whole and more specific to their treatment in New Orleans, at least from what I've read. I obviously wasn't around uh, during that time. You know, again, what the NBA players did, and, and I get it, you have to look at some of the ramifications, I think, moving forward for those players. What are what is this what does this mean if, in terms of not playing at all because i think they had every intention of not playing i mean the the reports were that the lakers and the clippers were not going to play they were going not going to play you know when i say not going to play i mean not going to play anymore that was what the reports said and what the reports stated and Ultimately, they're going to play. But, I mean, I think their statement was heard loud and clear and a meeting between the players and the owners. And, and by the way, I mean, give a give a, a huge shout-out to Michael Jordan. Like, I mean, to me, and, and think about it. When you think about this, right, you're talking about owners who mostly are billionaires. Like, Michael Jordan is a one-billionaire and Steve Ballmer is a 51 billionaire. There's a big difference there, okay, when you're talking about the money. But and 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 Steve Ballmer, I mean when you, you know, I mean he Steve Ballmer is the owner of the Clippers right now because because of the players concerns about Donald Sterling and then ultimately what Adam Silver did to ban Donald Sterling and to ultimately take his team from him. So, you know, I mean, when you look at it sort of from that perspective, but when I look at Michael Jordan, a former player, so he understands it from a player's side, and we, we've seen him maybe when he was a player, this, this may have been something that, you know, wasn't at the forefront of his mind, but you grow. Like, I'm not going to hold that against Michael Jordan forever. You know, you grow as a person. We all grow. We all mature. We all grow. We all have reflections on how we did things. And I really see Michael Jordan and what he's done more recently really coming to the forefront of saying these things that are happening aren't right and so he was sort of that liaison and was really the only one that could be that liaison between the players and the ownership. And I think you got to give Michael Jordan a lot of credit. Listen, I wasn't I wasn't the biggest Michael Jordan fan when he was a player. I mean, I, I look at him now. We the, the documentary that came out was, you know, put a lot of things into perspective for me, brought back a lot of memories. And I just feel like what we're seeing, and I'm, I'm not giving Michael Jordan all the credit here. All I'm saying is he's the only one that could really have the conversation with the and, and, and be able to relate to what the players are saying, having been not only a former player, but perhaps the greatest player uh, to ever play. So give MJ a lot of credit there. 
I mean, you know, you, you look at the, the players had to look at the long-term ramifications. The owners could ultimately have locked the players out. We could have had a new collective bargaining agreement. Remember, I believe the players are, are, are the players, I believe, are getting 51% of the revenues, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So we could have had a new. So, you know, I, I think the, the but, but with that being said, the players made a point, And I also think that the players are saying if things don't change, because what the players are saying to those in power, and we talked about this in the last segment, ownership, you have power. You have the ear to legislators to you know governors people in politics okay you can help to you know make these changes there's no reason for jacob blake to be have to have been shot seven times in his back first of all and there's no reason for this 17 year old kid to have killed two protesters shot another one and then ultimately have been able to walk away change is needed the players uh spoke up now we're gonna get back but i i also believe that if something like this happens again the players will do something similar and voice uh their opinions again hit me up via twitter at box to row or on facebook up next indy 500 winner takuma sato the old renaissance is the new renaissance Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Hey, did you hear about the Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser? The what? The Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser. No, what is it? It's a fundraiser for Marjorie's Beef Jerky. For every 1 million orders of Marjorie's Pick Any 6 Flavors Beef Jerky, they'll donate $2 million to employ civil rights attorneys and or provide burial costs to people for unjustified murders. Wow, that's pretty cool, and I do love Marjorie's Beef Jerky. I'm going to tell all my friends, and you should too. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. We need your help to reach 1 million orders so that we can assist those in need. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. We're joined by a gentleman who is the two-time Indianapolis 500 winner. As a matter of fact, he did it once again on Sunday, taking 
the checkered flag. Did it back in 2017. He is to Takuma Sato. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Takuma, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having us. No, thank you. I mean, what did it mean? I mean, two times you've done it two times in the last uh, four races in terms of winning uh, the, the biggest spectacle perhaps in sports. What did it mean to you to win it this time around? Well, I mean, means a lot. Um, it's what an amazing day we had at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, obviously, from my personal achievement point of view, yes, it's great. But that's that's small compared to uh, what the bigger picture is. Because first, I think we should be appreciated. Even just we raced, because obviously some difficulty all over the world and a lot of athletes on different fields, you know, not even have the field to, to, to perform. So the racing is the one thing is great. And then and secondly, um, of course, I was finally be able to bring my beautiful number 30 Panasonic People Ready car, putting on the window circle for Indianapolis Motor Speedway at 500 in front of three big owners, who is, of course, Bobby Rejo, and David Letterman and uh, Mike Lanningen because they gave me opportunity to 2012 and uh, lap 199 with Darian Frankiti. Um, basically, simply, I couldn't make it happen uh, for these boys, uh, these owners. Finally, I was to bring it to the uh, give back. Uh, so what a beautiful moment for the entire team. And that was just my biggest happiness point. No question. I mean, you were able to get it done in one and under caution uh, let, can you speak to the preparation? I mean, I think it's interesting because it had been over a month since your last race in Iowa. Can you speak to sort of the preparation for the Indianapolis 500? Well, I think uh, Indy, Indy preparation is uh, starting already um, a couple months ago. And, and uh, in extreme case, probably one year time, you know, depending on the team. But all the resource and every single driver, every single team owners and, and the boys and mechanics, and they, they are aiming for the ultimate goal, which is Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So, uh, yeah, we have uh, several cars in road course car. And, and of course, you know, we, we, we um, are using the same chassis for the uh, short oval. But Speedway car is extremely dedicated and uh, finding for the, all the details for squeezing out of the speed. And that is why I think it is so special. Yeah, how? I mean, I, I guess it's an obvious question. Well, but I'm, I'm going to ask. It. I mean, how how has the has the COVID nineteen pandemic made preparations different uh, in terms of not only the Indianapolis five hundred but racing as a whole this season? Um, I think it has got a huge impact, of course. Um, but um, I think uh, we were fortunate enough to to with all the protocol, um, um, all the boys and be able to, to working in the shop. And uh, with some restriction, but I don't think there is a, a much of a restriction in terms of preparation. But just uh, we had to uh, have a short time uh, to turning around to the next race, to next race each other. So uh, I think that was a really hard part. And uh, of course, needless to say, but financially hitting a quite big time with the sponsorship and how many races and obviously no spectators and TV rating. All in all, it is a difficult, challenging time. But we are living with this. Sport and uh, we were fortunate enough to have a, a what a spectacle race yesterday we had and uh, I hope all the fans really enjoyed it that one. Yeah, no, it was, it was exciting. A lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of, a lot of crashes in the race. Uh, Takuma Sato, two-time Indianapolis 500 winner, joins us here on from the press box to press row. Speak to the strategy. Like you, you were you you guys were almost out of fuel, uh, but you ultimately held. 
uh, Scott Dixon off, who's been very hot this year, as a matter of fact, to win the Indy 500? Yes. Uh, well, yes and no. Um, I know a lot of people, the most curious question was, did I have enough fuel to end if that's uh, keep on the green? The answer is yes, we had. I hit the fuel, fuel number I needed because I missed the, uh, on the last into the last 30 laps. I was extensive, uh, very, very strict fuel strategy with, uh, with the lean mixture, which is uh, getting less uh, uh, fuel, uh, more, more, more getting more fuel mileage for that. And of course, you know, when I needed, which was, for example, when I overtook a, a Scott, as well as he attempt to re-overtake me. So a couple of times I had to defend myself. That was obviously power best mixture. But otherwise, I was going back to the linear mixture. So back and forth, back and forth. In some extreme case, it was a three-time pal-up. And that's how I survived. And um, obviously, with the yellow situation, you know, all the fans, and including us, nobody wants to see, you know, the race finish under the yellow. I get that. And, um, you know, we wanted to do the hard racing as well. But when you're leading the pack under the yellow, it really, it didn't bother me. <laughs> I, uh, right, I was right. happy to just break the car home, and uh, it was great. The more, more, more seriously talking, I mean, I was obviously concerned my teammate Spencer had such a massive impact, but um, uh, thanks for the uh, uh, safety crew for the Indiana Police, as well as uh, IndyCar's safety uh, improvement was uh, once again, uh, you know, proof that uh, it's incredible uh, escape from him that uh, out of the hospital last night with no problem. So, uh, yeah, it was it was all good. Um, even though it was under the yellow, or if it had become a red flag and maybe three laps to shoot out, I had no problem with the with the fuel. And also, even if it's continue with no yellow, yes, I think it's Scotland and I both extremely um, tight on the fuel. But I think we are able to challenge race hard with him until very last lap. What does it mean, you know, for you? To uh, you won it in 2017, uh, at least from what I read, had a crash in 2018, finished third last year, and then to win it, you know, once again in 2020. Can you sort of really speak to that and just sort of that progression in terms of, you know, winning, then crashing, then finishing third, and then ultimately winning again? Um, it sounds like a bit up and down, didn't it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think um, I think I'm just a few. I'm very, very fortunate to be in a situation to be able to 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 um, to race um, with a, it's such a competitive environment because um, the winning or even the podium on on this special race it's, it's very hard to do achieve and not just once but twice it's just I must be really lucky um, but that's uh, that's the uh, entire team made this happen so I can't thank enough to the uh, entire team. The boys and for thirty cars, especially, but also the uh, you know three big owners, Bobby Leho, Mike Lanning, and 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 the David Letterman, and they literally made me happen for this special occasion. Last thought: uh, which win, like which win, is more gratifying? Is it 2017 or the win on Sunday? It's a bit of a, a bit of a different subject because for me, obviously, the first achievement for my ultimate goal to winning 500 was said nothing like it. You know, it was a significant moment in 17. However, yesterday's win was in in many ways it felt similar. You know, I was as fresh as I, as I was hungry as the same first one. But if if any difference was, I was able to given the back to the uh, the three owners I just told. 
was finally able to do that because obviously 2012, lap 199, going to turn one with side by side with Dario Franchitti. I couldn't make this owner happen to be happy for the, for the last lap. And、um, it was something left over for eight years ago. And、uh, finally, I was achieved to bring the car and、uh, you know, making three owners in, in Renault Circle. That was a very, very special moment. And you know, the Bobby Rayhold, ultimately, he made all the decisions, but David Letterman, but particularly in my case, Mr. Mike Lanningham, who put a financial commitment on my 30 car. So without his commitment, you know, I wouldn't be able to drive. So,、uh, you know, huge, huge thank you to these three owners, as well as all my uh, uh, very, very loyal sponsors, and particularly so people already got on board、um, this weekend for the、uh, special moment, as well as, you know, being Panasonic Hondas and all the sponsorship that, that's made me happen. So I just can't thank enough for anybody and, and the fans, too. Fans so loyal. So、uh, I just love them all. You, you know what I said last thought, but I promise last thought.、Uh, again, winning it, first, the, the, the first driver from,、uh, from Japan to win and now have won it twice. What does that mean to you? Well, once again, I just appreciate you know, people who are supporting and、uh, you know, sending me where we are today. And,、uh, and particularly,、um, I just want to race for the children to. To having,、uh, you know, facing difficulty, whether that was the COVID 19 or some, some other different circumstance, you know, not only for Japan, but all over the world. You know, the children deserve to have a, have a dream and、uh, have a challenge for it. And、uh, none of our adults, you know, shouldn't be restricted. So、uh, that's why if I, if I can give them energy or little excitement through the racing,、um, you know, that's all I do.、Um, so,、uh, Um, I just feel so fortunate to be、um, winning twice on this special occasion. But uh, let's uh, big credit to the team first and、uh, all the people who are supporting and thinking about this sport. So thank you, everyone, so much. Takumo Sato, again, two time Indianapolis 500 winner, won it once again on Sunday under caution. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row Takuma. Great to catch up with you again. Congratulations. Continued success to you and your team. Thank you. Takuma Sato, winner of the Indianapolis 500, twice in the last four races, joining us here on the program. And so before we close things out, again, as I mentioned, if you're not registered to vote, please go and register to vote. This is the most important election of our lifetime. November the 3rd. So please go register and vote. If you're registered, then please go out and vote. And if you're not registered, then please register and then go out and vote. However, you need to do that. I know there's been a lot that's been made about、uh, the, the mail delivery. We'll put it like that. Listen,、uh, the best way to, to avoid that, and I realize we're in a COVID 19 pandemic. Um, but this, this election is so important. If you're able to go to the ballot or to the poll and vote, please do that. As we get ready to wrap it up here on Box to Row, thank you to Takumo Sato for joining us today here on the program. We've got some great stuff on the website at BoxToRow.com. If you missed the 15th anniversary, the showing of the 15th anniversary, which we did. Virtually, where Kevin Frazier, 
Doug Williams, Josh Stone were all guests, and we had some great vignettes of some of the guests that we've had over the years. You can watch that on our website at BoxToRoad.com. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the show. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. By the river In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long